0: And the commonality is the stronger that you are, everything else becomes easier because your body is able to handle it better.
1: Diz Runs Radio episode nine hundred and twenty-four starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running life and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by my friends over at Head Sweats. They are a, a official affiliate partner of uh, the show or what we've got going on or what I'm doing or something. I don't know. There's a relationship there. And uh, for me, it's it's an easy relationship to want to uh, have and maintain because in case you haven't noticed, I'm a hat guy. Uh, I've pretty much, like, I don't know, since, since I was like six, seven, five, nine, something like that, um, I've pretty much worn a hat more often than I than I haven't. Uh, of course you know in my school days I guess I had to had to style my hair put the gel on the hair so I couldn't wear a hat to school but I'd always take a hat with me to school to then wear on the way home when I didn't care about messing up my hair because I was that kid and you were too so let's not don't get get off your high horse. but anyway, fast forward to adulthood I still wear hats you might as well whether it's a you know a baseball hat, visor, beanie, whatever it might be, HeadSweats Sweats has got you covered. They also got you covered with, with apparel, too. They've got some, some great apparel that's come out recently. Um, but the moral of the story is, is I have a relationship with them. I also have a good discount with them. Uh, and you can use it. It's it's not just for me. I don't have to hoard it. I can share it. You can use it. Uh, and the discount is 40%. So if you if you head over to the Head Sweats website, and if you go through my link, which is disruns.com slash head sweats, uh, I get a couple of shekels as a, as a referral bonus. It doesn't cost you anything extra. You use the code disruns forty. You save 40% off of anything that's in your in your cart, anything that you get. Clothes, hats, masks, they got it all. You save 40%, which is better than a stick in the eye, uh, and it's better than like 20%. It's 40%. Um, I get a few shekels. You get a great product. You're supporting a great company. Uh, I think that's one of those win-win-win scenarios, and not for nothing, but if you kind of pay attention, they, they have free shipping deals fairly regularly-ish. Um, so you can get free shipping, save 40%, support the show, get yourself some great gear. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a no brainer, but it's kind of a no brainer. Dizruns.com slash head sweats is the link. Dizruns 40. That's a D I Z R U N S four zero at checkout. Save yourself 40%. I don't think it's case sensitive, so you don't have to worry about it. But if it is try all caps, but I don't think it matters. In fact, I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you that anyway. Anyway, that's it for today's sponsor. Great partner. I love him. Hope you support him. And now let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is a physical therapist that uh, is, is focused on helping athletes of all stripes stay healthy and, and in the game, uh, whatever the game that may be. Uh, so, you know, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that uh, I love talking to, to PTs and other uh, health professionals and especially nerding out when we can get into injury related things, you know, hopefully preventing some injuries, but uh, you know, all kinds of, of health physical stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm going to enjoy today's chat for sure. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy today's chat as well, and maybe even, if if, if the stars align, learn a couple things that might help you stay out of the clinic or out of the, the injury ward uh, and keep getting after it uh, on the roads and trails and whatever the case may be. So, uh, without any further ado, it's a pleasure today to uh, get into it and, and dive into uh, today's conversation with Ms. Martha Thurl. So, Martha, thanks for uh, joining us today, and, and welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Denny. I'm not glad I'm glad to be here.
1: Good, good, good. Looking forward to it for sure. And, and guys, if you enjoyed today's conversation and uh want to check out some of the you know wanna want to connect with Martha, uh her clinic is in uh the uh the, the Massachusetts region. So if you're in that area, of course, great to go see her in person, but also lots of resources online and information and things of that nature. Uh the, the website is q4pt.com. Q4. The, the number four so letter Q number four letter p letter t dot com and on Facebook and Instagram you can find her at uh, q4 physical therapy uh, all one word uh, again letter Q number four and then physical therapy on both Instagram and Facebook and as per usual we'll have things linked up in the show notes today all the links all the the talking points everything uh, right there laid out for you disruns.com slash 924 disruns.com slash 924 is a link to get back there for today's episode so uh martha the way we always get started on the show with a is with a, a very simple question uh that uh, for some folks it's pretty much a slam dunk easy to answer some folks it's a little bit uh more difficult because there's, there's a lot of good options out there um but it's just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why
0: So I was listening to some prior podcasts that you have and everyone, I love everyone's answers to this question because some people really are like, yes, it's the distance. And other people are like, I don't know. And I love that. Mine is a rare race to find. It's a five mile race. Mm. And I got my start in running a long time ago when I was in high school. And I was very, very lucky to run um, indoor track. So I was a short Mm. sprinter, 55 meters, what's up? And I did it to get in shape for lacrosse season. And I was very lucky to be under the tutelage of the Kranix in Saratoga Springs, New York. And they had a monster cross-country running at the time. They were like number one in the country for multiple years, men's and women's, just outstanding runners. And they never made cuts to mm-hmm. their team. So if you wanted to run, all you had to do to be on the team was show up. Wow. And that was the greatest introduction to running ever that you could have. And they treated everybody as if they were an all-star athlete. So you got shoe modifications. You got you know help with your running form. You got individualized planning for the team. You got all this stuff. We were doing biometrics back in like 2000, which was basically wow. unheard of at the time. Uh, And then I played lacrosse, you know, and when I graduated college, I moved to Boston and I met a group of girls here who got me into running again because, you know, I'm a short sprinter. I like Mm -hmm. lacrosse running, which is like a mile. Hooray. (laughs) And it's more endurance and short sprinting rather than endurance and long distance running. And so one of my friends is a distance runner and she was like, oh, you should do a half marathon with me. And I was like, stop. I'm not built for that. That's not how my body works. Leave me alone. And she said, well, how about a 5K? And I said, fine. So I signed up for a 5K in Boston on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, boy. And I trained in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And if you know anything about Cambridge, it's relatively flat. And so when I showed up in South Boston (laughs) on a course on St. Patrick's Day, and it was all hills, Mm -hmm. I was completely unprepared for that. (laughs) And... So that race did not go very well. So just, that, that's fine. It's totally fine. But she got me to sign up for another race and then another race. And then soon enough, there was this group of girls. There were six of us. And we just ran races together. And in Boston, Harpoon Brewery runs a five-mile race every spring. And we signed up as a six-pack for that mm-hmm. race. And so you run as a team, and you get all dressed up as a team, and you have a theme. And then we started running, like, marathon relays right and Mm -hmm. so it was a really cool way to introduce me to longer mileage um so five miles is definitely my favorite race to run because it's just longer than a 5k so i feel like i've accomplished something and i can chase faster times a five mile pace where with a half marathon when i trained for my half i had to really significantly slow down my pace to increase my endurance for the mileage which was fine but I'm a pretty competitive person. <laughs> I also do CrossFit, probably unsurprising once you've heard that. <laughs> and I like to be fast. Mm-hmm. And five miles to me was the sweet point between five, three, five K now feels too easy. Right. And half marathon, which just feels very long to me.
1: Right. Right. It's, it's interesting, um, to me to talk to folks that have a bit of a, of a track background especially a sprint background. Um, and and how that that definition of of long, short, fast, slow, you know, wh- whatever that whatever terms you want to put out there, how that kind of evolves. So like you know, talking about fifty five meters, like short, hard, like get after it. Um, I would imagine that that in those days, you know, in, in, especially in the, in the lacrosse days and whatnot, like like even the idea of a five k was like, oh my gosh, like that's, ugh, like, I guess I guess oh, it, yeah. it, you know, like that's the long, and now it's like yeah, five k is kind of it's almost a little bit too short, too hard. Five miles is good. Um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, watch out for that slippery slope of where all of a sudden the half marathon becomes good and the marathon is kind of long and, and, you know, who knows where it goes from there.
0: Yeah. So truth be told, I ran my half marathon in 2012 and I'm a very prepared person, right? I'm a bullet point person. I like to plan. I'm very type a, I like to be extremely prepared for everything. And so when I decided to train for the half, I had a program. I had a program that I was already racing five mile races, you know, a few times a year. So I was fine for fitness for that mileage. I knew I could probably bump up to eight or nine miles and not really have a problem there. But it was that last few miles where I was real nervous about it. And so I got a training plan and I followed that training plan. It was like a 13 or 14 week training plan to a T, Mm -hmm. right? Every Tuesday I did strength training. Every Wednesday I did a tempo run. Every Thursday I did strength training. Saturday was my long run, like to a T for those. 12 weeks and everyone kept telling me you're going to cross the line and you are going to finish that race and you're going to want to sign up for a marathon and I was like all right well we'll see I've enjoyed training for this half it's been fun and I'll be quite honest with you I crossed the line training for that half marathon at that finish line and I was like "Mm, I'm good here (laughs) (laughs) this is probably the longest I'll ever run I'll do it again Mm -hmm. for sure In fact, I'm turning, you know, I'm 36 now. I want to run another one before my 40th birthday. I think that's a good amount of time to be able to get back into that amount of distance because I haven't done that distance in a long time for several reasons. But for me, I don't know. I don't know that I'm ever going to want to run longer than 13.1. And that's
1: okay. (laughs) Oh, of course it's okay. It's, It's definitely okay. I just, you know... Uh, the, the the amount of I don't want to say horror stories because maybe that's that's painted a little bit dark but like the amount of stories of like oh I'll do this one race and and even you know again just I'm just gonna put this out there I I don't I'm not trying to predict <laughs> the future. But uh you're talking to a guy who when he ran his first marathon was like, "Oh hell, no. Never again." <laughs> and then ran his second marathon a year later because of peer pressure, which sounds like you're you you can fall victim to peer pressure relatively easy I, with your I so
0: can. With yeah. your
1: friends. So, you know, then the second one, oh no, this was this was just as dumb as I thought it was last year. Never again. And then like 2 years later, ran a, the third one and like, "Oh wow. This actually wasn't that bad." And then, you know, Fast forward, you know, I'm just, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. So be careful. Like stick with the the half marathon is fine. Uh, But the more times you start dipping your toes in the water, the more, the more you start to wonder. And then you start asking yourself questions and that's, and then you, and then you get the friends that are maybe sometimes enemies that are like, oh, come on, just do the marathon with us. And then, you know, just saying.
0: I know, I know, and you're not wrong, right? <laughs> when and I will say we did. My girlfriends and I did a um, marathon relay. There was, like I said, there was six mm-hmm. of us that kind of did these things together in Burlington, Vermont, and I we were on the marathon course, and we just ran different legs of it. And mm-hmm. I will say that the energy on a marathon course is like nothing that I've ever experienced. And I did my half marathon as the run to remember in Boston, Mm -hmm. right? Which is an amazing course and it's celebrating all the military personnel. It's an out and back course. Um, and so the, the, all the audience is always there for you and that's great. And I will say there's nothing like being on a marathon course, being on a marathon course, the energy is just unreal. I Mm -hmm. ran one of my fastest times from my, I think I had a six mile stretch on that course. And it was one of my fastest times because the energy just pumps you up so hard. And I will say it's a pretty cool feeling to be on that kind of course.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, you're preaching to the choir now, like, and, and everybody's probably got a smile on their face going, oh, yeah, it's just a matter. Just give her some time. Give her some, some time. She'll,
0: she'll do it. I know. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I mean, and Ellen is, my friend Ellen, who introduced me to you, is probably laughing so hard at this, being like, I know I'm going to get you in it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just, you just gave her the green light to start, start needling some more and start, you know, come on, come on, you can do it. Can
0: oh, do don't it. think she hasn't already. All right. <laughs> but she does accompany me to the track sometimes for sprint
1: workouts. So. Yes. Yes. Um so anyway, I, I you know we can we can talk about the future all we want but who knows who knows where that's going to go. Um but yeah, you know that, that that marathon relay those 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 type of events um I kind of I don't know. I it sounds like you had a great time with it which is which is fantastic. Um I I feel like I have mixed feelings about it not because there's anything wrong with it but because when I'm, when I'm that guy that's out there at mile 18 and somebody else has just started their race and they're running from mile 17 to mile 22 and they just go flying by me. Um, I don't know. I feel like that can be a, like, not disheartening cause you know what's going on, but at the same time, it's like, ugh, like ugh, to be, to be fresh right now. But, but yeah. at the same time, like I said, nothing, nothing wrong with a little bit of teamwork, a little bit of camaraderie, kind of making a, making a, a weekend out of it or whatever, however it works out. Um, all four of those types of things, of course, but it's just like, man, like, I've been there before where you, you, you're, you're feeling pretty good and somebody just blows by you. Um, but at least I guess that makes that makes me, I don't know, makes me feel a little better when I know what's going on. Instead of like, how the hell did this person just come flying yeah. by me? Like, if we started at the same time, nowhere. how is this happening? Like, what is going on here? And I've been there before, yeah. too. And that's that's always a head scratcher.
0: It, it's true. And I, that is something that I thought about. It was the only marathon, really, that we did. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're they're harder to find, too, right. th- that sort of um that sort of difference in distances Mm -hmm. and how the races are set up, right? Because it's essentially running two or three races at the same time. And I will say that every time I passed someone who just was crushing their marathon, but was not, I think I was leg three, right? Mm -hmm. So was not as fresh as you would have been at the beginning. I did feel a little bit bad. Like, please don't compare yourself to me. (laughs) I just started this and I am not nearly as cool as you for running all of this distance, I can don't want to do that at this time. I might want to do it in the future, but you're crushing your life right now and I think that's outstanding. I and mean, you know, I did think about that while I was running. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. And and again, I mean it's it's one of those things that uh it's it's easy to like I don't know, it's easy for me to think about that now, but if you're out in the race, like you're just running your race, right? Like you're just doing you're doing your thing. The the marathoners are doing their thing, the relay runners are doing their thing. Obviously there's some overlap um but everybody's out there hopefully having a good time pushing themselves and, and that's what it's really all about. Yeah. So um you talked a little bit uh kind of in the in the intro there uh about dabbling in, in um look not dabbling but playing lacrosse. Um so so and, and then obviously the running and 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 pushing yourself and and cross I mean there's a bunch of tie-ins here I guess to the to the question I'm asking. Sounds like kind of being being competitive in one form or another is is always been uh a trait for you? Is that, is that semi semi semi-accurate?
0: Yeah, that's very accurate. I, I like to be great at things. Mm. I work very hard. I'm a, I'm a pretty hard worker. I'm very gritty. Um, I had two career changes before becoming a physical therapist and in order to change careers, I went to night school for three years, as well as working a full-time job um, as a biosafety officer at MIT at the time. Um, I worked a full-time job there and then took night class for three years and did all my volunteer hours in order to just apply to PT school. Wow! And so when I decide that I want something, I will work pretty relentlessly to get it. And now that I'm a physical therapist, I don't want to be a good physical therapist. I think it's easy to be a good physical therapist. I want to be a great physical therapist. And I will do whatever that takes, you know, to make my clinical skills sharper to Mm -hmm. learn more about different things to hone my process and it's just been really it's been really rewarding for me and it's worked out well for me and I know that when push comes to shove I will just set a goal and then I don't just set a goal because that goal might be two years in advance right I will set little mini goals on the way Mm -hmm. so that I have accountability and steps to take towards things And I do the same thing with my patients as well but yeah I started playing lacrosse when I was 11 and I actually played boys lacrosse because at the time in the rec league that's all that they had was Mm -hmm. boys lacrosse so I got lumped in it was me and one other girl and 99 boys (laughs) and my the girl Morgan and I I love to tell this story because we were the only two girls for like two years that played lacrosse at a young level in Saratoga and if anyone knows anything about upstate New York Saratoga is a powerhouse for lacrosse Mm -hmm. for women's lacrosse in particular and it wasn't until like the JV and varsity level and so Now there's full-on girls lacrosse leagues everywhere in the country. I coach here in Westboro, Massachusetts. I coach for the youth lacrosse here at the 7-8 level. So I love to see the girls as they're prepping to go into high school, like really starting to hone in their their lacrosse skills. But lacrosse is a gift for me. I was kind of an outcast kid. I wasn't very coordinated, or I really didn't think that I was. I didn't have much self-confidence. And I signed up for boys lacrosse. And my dad, who went to Syracuse, was like, are you sure you want to do this? I know what this looks like. Mm. And I said, yeah, I want to do this. And he said, all right, but you can't quit. He's like, you know you can't quit, right? You have to finish the season. And I was like, I know, I know, Dad, because that was our rule in our house. Mm. You could sign up, but you had to show up for a season. And then if you never wanted to do it again, you didn't have to. Right. Right? And I finished that first season, and, man, I just – I loved everything about the sport. And to this day, I love everything about lacrosse. I think it's an amazing sport. I think it teaches such great teamwork and it teaches individual skills and it teaches self-confidence and it teaches, you know, ambidexterity, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing. Right. And I loved it and I fell in love with it and I had to transition to women's lacrosse. so I had to relearn the sport practically because right. they're so different. They're so different from each other. Uh, And then I played all through high school and then I played on a club team in college and we were ranked 19th in the nation and we traveled all over the country playing in different tournaments. And that was amazing. I, I loved that. And then when I moved to Boston, Boston downtown has a huge following for adult women's lacrosse. And so I played for 60 years here in Boston while I was doing all these running races and getting into Mm -hmm. running long distances or long distances for me, I will say, (laughs) uh, Cause I know that there are ultra marathoners who listen to this. that are like 5k. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally cool. I'm a short little runner. I love it. Um, but I played for six years here. And then I, you know, I'd had a chronic back injury that I was dealing with and I was working here. And then I went to PT school and I played in a game, a couple games out in San Diego. Cause I went to school in California mm. and I ended up, really injuring my back because i was 28 years old trying to act like a little 18 year old taking a <laughs> shot that i never should have been taking <laughs> in the first place for for what i was trying to do and i got hit in the air and i fell down and i was like yep my back's gonna hurt later and then sure enough yeah eight out of ten back pain for almost a year wow. after that and i was like well okay i couldn't run could barely walk couldn't sit through classes um, fortunately I was in PT school at the time. So my professor took a look at me after two weeks of watching me squirm in class. He was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm sorry, my back just really, really hurts. And he was like, um, you realize you're in physical therapy school, right? <laughs>
1: like, We might be able to help yep. you with this.
0: Yeah. Yep. Dr. K. Yep. Very right, great. So he helped me out a lot, but then, you know, I had to deal with the underlying causes of that that I had been neglecting since high school. Cause I, Also was New York's smallest shot putter, you know, try new things, guys. Mm -hmm. It's really good for you. And so I'd hurt my back shot putting in high school, hurt it again in college, ended up, you know, emergency room, cortisone injection, got through it. The cortisone injections were terrible. They didn't really do anything because it was the wrong treatment, but I didn't know that at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, had to kind of had reoccurring back injuries and then was able to finally in PT school, learn how to actually deal with the underlying cause. And it completely transformed the way that I thought about everything in my life. I was like, "Oh, if you don't figure out what's actually happening and what the root cause is, like, how are you going to fix everything else on top of that?" Right? Oh, and you know, yes, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. I, I think there's been a few times that uh, I've maybe gotten a little ranty about. Uh, similar things specific to us in the running community, of course, but I mean, it's all it's all the same. I mean, like you said, it's it's the figure out the root cause or just treat the symptom. You know, put the bandaid on it and call it good enough, and never and and continually deal with the same injuries or the same issues or the same the same discomfort and pain, um, or actually try to to identify it, um, and then you know, newsflash, like maybe you actually feel what it's like to live and run and and work and do whatever without being uncomfortable all the time. Like it's not not you know maybe not the the easiest fix all the time or the simplest, you know, potential way to to get about it. But long-term, like, I don't know, to me, it's, it's a slam dunk.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And it works for anything that you talk about. And I speak with my patients all the time about this. You know, I treat a lot of running injuries. I went on a deep dark rabbit hole of foot and gait analysis about three years ago. And I kind of never came out because it just, (laughs) again, was a transformative thing where I was like, Oh, All right. So I need to find the root cause of everything. And basically the root cause of everything is how is your foot functioning? Um. (laughs) And so it it transformed the way that I practiced physical therapy at that point. And, you know, you go through these instances and I took a year and a half to rehab my back. And since I took that time to really rehab it properly and do the proper things and reintroduce everything that was super painful very slowly, I can run three or four miles now and I don't have any pain and I can deadlift and I don't have any pain and I can do CrossFit and I don't have any pain. I can play with my eight month old son on the floor for hours and be fine Mm -hmm. with that, you know, and it just, it changes everything about your day. You don't have to be a weightlifter to appreciate what it's like to move without pain. You don't have, you just have to you know be able to play with your kids or your grandkids or whoever, garden, whatever you love to do. You don't want to hate doing that because it's painful.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. Um, and I feel like we're starting to get into that water where like I'm ready to like just nerd out on, on the injuries, but, and, and, and rehabs and, and PT stuff. And I know there's a couple things that you wanted to make sure we talk about, which I'm all on board and talk about strength training for runners. So we will get to that as well here in a minute. Um, but one thing I kind of want to go back and, and maybe put one more piece together. Um, you mentioned, you know, being goal driven and working hard and always striving to get better. And when you put your mind to something, um, you know you're going to you're going to figure out how to make it happen um what was what was the catalyst to get you on the on the PT path since like you said a couple of career changes along the way um why why at that point in your life were you like nope this is it's time to to make a pivot and go uh into the into the, the physical therapy world
0: <laughs> the, It's an interesting question and I'm happy to to talk about it it's it's not traditional you know I wasn't the traditional PT person right mm-hmm. pts are like oh i had an injury and i had a great rehab blah 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 i had a back injury and i had terrible rehab right. they stuck a hot pack and east on me for three weeks and called it physical therapy and when i asked them when i'd be back into the gym keep in mind i was you know six, 16 and i was a lacrosse player i played the violin like in a lot of high level orchestras i you know with a track athlete I was a shot putter I was very active and I was like oh when can I get back to the gym and they're like oh when your back doesn't hurt anymore Mm -hmm. I was like what and I self discharged. I was like this is not for me these people do not know what they're talking about I am out of here and you know I never gave it another thought honestly and then I fast forward uh, through college I wanted to do my PhD in neuroscience Mm -hmm. and so I got a job at Harvard as a research technician and having heard me talk for about 15 minutes now you can tell that i'm not afraid of talking to people (laughs) (laughs) and when you stick me in the basement of a lab for two years with rats and no one really Mm. to talk to it's very hard for me (laughs) and i everyone around me was pretty miserable and i looked around and i was pretty miserable and i didn't really like it and you know neuroscience is it can be an amazing field but unfortunately at the time everyone was very cutthroat and very competitive. We had grant ideas stolen out from underneath us. Like it was just Mm -hmm. not a place that I wanted to be in. I'm competitive, but I'm not cutthroat. I refuse to step on someone else to advance myself. Right. And that's very physical therapy, right? We're the helpers Mm -hmm. of the medical industry. We just want to see everybody get better. We we don't, we want to be able to give back in a lot of ways. And that wasn't serving my needs. And so I had a little bit of like a come to Jesus meeting because I applied to to neuroscience school and I I just didn't even get in. Mm. And for me, I had never been in a situation where I'd wanted something and not attained it. And it was kind of this very eye-opening experience for me. And so I took six months and I had my little, I like to call it my little come to Jesus meeting. And I was like, okay, if you had all the money and all the time in the world, like what would you spend your time doing? And I came up with, I would help people. I want to be outside and I want to play sports. And I said, okay, how do I make that a career? (laughs) Right. And so I was like, oh, I could coach. Well, that's great. But I also have these aspirations for higher learning. And I wanted to be a doctor of some sort. I'm from the East coast titles matter to us for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely a driver in my motivation for this. You know, so I started looking at, all right, do I want to do athletic training? Do I want to be a personal trainer? Do I want to be a coach? Do I want to do, you know, what else can I do in this space? And physical therapy kind of came back around on the periphery of that. And I started looking more into what the current physical therapy was. And I was like, oh, actually, this is kind of cool. And I kind of can vibe with this and this makes sense. And it was really funny because I called my parents when I decided that I wanted to transition into PT school and they were like, well, duh, <laughs> of course you would be a physical therapist. It just made total sense to them. And then, you know, I, I was very fortunate to have these really great shadowing opportunities at major hospitals and private practices that really just opened my eyes to everything that physical therapy can be. Like I also specialize in treatment of the jaw and mm. cervical headaches. And people don't know that a physical therapist can do that for them. Right. We deal with everything from you know, strokes to elite triathlete runners, mm-hmm. right? So it, it doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum. PT probably has a niche that can help you. And I didn't understand how big and vast the field was. Right. And once I found out that, I was like, oh, I can use my neuroscience background and I can use my biological background and I can use my love of being around people in sports. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, these are all the things that I love. All right, let's do this. And then I took my first anatomy physiology class and I was like, yep, I love this. Let's right. do this for the rest of our lives.
1: I'm here. <laughs> gotcha. That's awesome. And, and it, it, it really is like, um, Makes sense, like like, and it's probably you know one of those you look, like hindsight. Everything is always clear in hindsight, right? But like like the pieces that kind of line up between the 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 neuroscience uh, background and the and the, how the brain works and things like that, and how that you know you could, at least I can see being in, in the athletic training field and you know similar similar ish uh, line of work or at least used to be. Now that uh, uh, I do this basically full time, but anyway, the, the moral of the story is that like you can see how those things would line up and, and kind of fall into place and 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 really be a, a good spot for you. Um, and 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 maybe even with perspective, like, and and if I'm putting words in your mouth, obviously I, I apologize for that. Um, but it kind of sounds like you know working with athletic population as a physical therapy. I mean, that's that's as a physical therapist, like that's I mean, pretty much perfect for you.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love that I get to see patients. Be resilient in what mm-hmm. they want to do. Like my company is Q4 and that stands for fourth quarter because mm-hmm. I don't want you to peter out in the fourth quarter, whether it's the end of your race or the end of your you know time trial or the end of your day or your financial year. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Like you should be able to conquer that and feel mm-hmm. really confident about that. And for me, a lot of the traditional physical therapy falls short of that fourth quarter. They take you into, I feel good, everything feels fine. But then they don't take you into, I can crush this. Mm. And that's kind of how I feel like people should be able to live their lives is, yeah, I can crush this. I'll do the training. We'll get gritty about it. But here we are. And I love working with athletes because athletes are super motivated people. Right. Right. And even when they fall unmotivated, because people aren't motivated all the time right? Discipline Mm -hmm. is what kind of drives everything. Motivation comes and goes. But when you get on that little high and you're like, yes, I can conquer this. Like it's the most incredible feeling. And to give someone that feeling, like what is better in this world?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, totally agree. And I mean, that was, that was kind of my, um, rationale for my my reasoning to kind of get into, to athletic training. And, and, you know, again, looking back in, in hindsight, um, the, the little small town that I grew up in, Uh, We had like, you know, one or two physical therapists and it was, I mean, it was, I I don't know the numbers, but it was, you know, basically, um, like post post op for general population clients that they would have, um, and, and, you know, elderly folks. And so it was just like, like I had no idea that you could be in physical therapy and kind of specialize in the athletic, uh, population so i was like well i don't want anything to do with that i'll just stick with the athletic training where you know same type of thing i can be around athletes i can be outside working you know kind of feel like i'm part of the team things like that um and then you know you start to want like, i start to wonder sometimes like hmm, i wonder if i would have known like how would that would that have changed my trajectory would i still want to do athletic training would i've been more open to the idea of of pt school because we had you know a handful of folks that were in the program uh with me uh as far as athletic training they were doing that as kind of their prerequisites to get into. PT school, or at least with the ambition to go to down the physical therapy route. Um, And, and I don't know, like I said, it just, it just makes me wonder, but, but, and, and maybe the timeline of, of not having that be the original career path was the ideal thing for you because then it allowed you that perspective and kind of look into things and be like, oh yeah, this is, this might be perfect for me. And then, you know, fast forward and here we are.
0: Yeah, completely agreed. And if you look at any person who's involved in sports, there's usually a reason
1: Mm -hmm. for that
0: involvement in sports, right? For me, I'm never going to leave the sport of lacrosse because it really was such a big thing in my life. It gave me the self-confidence that I have and have fostered and worked on since I was 11 years old. It taught me how to deal with you know, crushing defeats and great victories. And it gave me a team and I do really well in team sports. I'm not a great individual competitor, which is hard in running because you're, you can be on a team, but it's also very individual Mm -hmm. and that gets hard for me mentally a lot of times. Right. And so it's challenging and I like a challenge, but I also, I love the team camaraderie and, you know, ATC is they're the first people on the field that get to see an injury. It's Mm -hmm. such a unique place to be. Right. And I think that that's super cool. And, you know, PT, it's changed so much over the last 20 years, right. physical therapy, I think in a good way. And we're on the precipice of another revolution now in physical therapy with what's going on with the insurance world. And I think mm. that unfortunately or fortunately, COVID has really brought to light the shortcomings of our medical complex. You know, mm. we don't have health care in this country. We have sick care in this oh. country. And I'm sure that you and I could soapbox on this for 80 years.
1: But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pinching this, my mouth shut right now, but you, I you know, can go ahead.
0: It's hard all the time. <laughs> and it's just you look at this and you're like, you could fix this if we fix these underlying metabolic things. Get your sleep, get your nutrition in order, right? You can't fuel from an empty cup. And I, I love that analogy of what fills your cup and how much are you emptying it. And the other one I love is the bank account, right? Your body mm-hmm. is a bank account don't make more withdrawals than you make deposits into it. Right. And I just think that that's a beautiful way of summing up, are you taking care of what you need to take care of within yourself?
1: Mm, 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 mm. Preach sister. I, ooh, yes, we could, ooh, we, we got to be careful here because we, we, we could very easily go off on a, on quite the, uh, the, the, preachy tangent here. Uh, but I think that, it, that, that does provide a great setup to maybe um, kind of getting into uh hopefully some stuff that uh maybe some some runners need to hear maybe some things that they can take action on as far as as helping to try to prevent some things helping to improve some imbalances you know improve some weak links um that that maybe haven't caused an issue yet um uh, but but maybe uh you know if you continue to ignore them continue to to just think everything's fine uh you know, they, they they may end up cropping up and, and becoming something. So th- this is admittedly maybe not the best question I'm gonna ask today, but it's because it's it's gonna be very open ended. Um but but hopefully that'll kinda you know we, we can kinda take it whichever direction that you would like to go with it from from the start with and then we can kinda drill down as we go. But you know, with with that kind of thought in mind of of obviously we're talking to runners. Um runners like to run. I, I know this because I am one. Um and and given my given my my preferences Um, as much as I can, as I can and do get on here and talk about the value of strength training, the value of cross training and recovery tactics and tricks and things like that to speed up recovery or help with recovery, get enough sleep, eating the right, like talk about all that stuff all the time. I try to practice what I preach, but if I'm honest, you know, if I could just go out and run and never have any issues and just run and run and run and run and run, like that's probably what I do. And I know that's what a lot of people that listen to the show would probably prefer to do as well. Um, but uh, I, again, I know this isn't the best question, but it's a great place to start. What is wrong with that idea for runners to just go out and run? Like wh- why Why long-term is that probably not the best course of action?
0: So the way that I like to talk about strength training or cross training in general with runners because it can be tricky and I get it. If I could play lacrosse for the rest of my life and never be injured, just play the sport of lacrosse, I would. Right. But if you break down the components of running, right, just as if you break down the components of any sport, what are the components of running? Number one, cardiovascular health. Right. So if you want to run, your heart and lungs need to be working okay Mm -hmm. or, you know, maximally depending on your level of running. Secondly, is your strength, right? So your muscles have to be able to adapt and run with, haha. you're welcome, <laughs> uh, the amount of mileage that you want to put on. Most, most runners who do it for sport or even do it recreationally, they have a general amount of mileage that they run per week. Whether it's in tempo runs or distance runs, you know, you're averaging a specific amount of mileage mm-hmm. and it depends on where you are in your training program as to what that mileage might be thirdly is balance right running is a single leg sport Mm -hmm. there's a flight phase in that gait cycle and you are mostly on one foot at a time and so if your balance and your coordination isn't there how much are you going to actually be able to increase your running Right. right and so when you take those systems and you break them down into the components. If you want to be better at your sport, let's say that you're chasing a sub four or sub three marathon. Let's say that you want to get one hour and 30 minutes in your half marathon, whatever your pace is mm-hmm. that you want to do. Yes, you could just go out and run faster. Right. And but how are you going to run faster? Mm-hmm. You're not just going to run faster the whole time. You're going to do tempo runs and you're going to do sprint work right? So you're already not quote unquote, just running, just running, right? And so if you want to increase your cardiovascular endurance, you've got to think about both your, you know, short phasic muscles and your fast twitch muscles and your endurance muscles, right? And so you've got to think about all of your different systems of how you breathe and how your body uses energy. And if you want to be Better at mileage, you need to have more strength because the stronger you are, anything that you do becomes relatively submaximal to that, right? Mm-hmm. It's an idea that um, Claire Minshall puts forward and she's an amazing researcher in the running field and she's also a power lifter, right? And so she talks a lot about strength training with runners and so does Chris Johnson. He's another physical therapist out of Seattle and the commonality is the stronger that you are, everything else becomes easier because your body is able to handle it better.
2: Hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And
0: then for the balance component, if you're not training your neuromuscular system or your body's ability to coordinate and move in space, right. Particularly if you're a trail runner, Mm -hmm. then how are you going to be able to adapt to elevation changes and different types of terrain, right. Even if you're running a road race, that's still pounding. And then we know that road is the highest ground reaction forces that you can run on. Mm -hmm. So that's still pounding over and over. And the concrete's not always even the road has a camber to it, right? So you've got to think about what side of the road you're always running on. Are you always running on the same side? Because Mm -hmm. if you're injured on one side, it could be because of the camber of the road that you're running on. Right. So long story short, if you're a runner who just runs, are you actually just running Mm -hmm. or are you just doing the same mechanics over and over again and i would argue that if you want to be better at running you've got to break down the cardiovascular the balance and the strength and to train those systems you can't just do a run mhm
1: i i agree I, I i you know and it's it's always a, a joy for me to have these conversations because um you know i say the same thing Probably the same way most times, and it's nice to have different voices saying the same thing differently uh, so hopefully it 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 resonates through a little bit i love the i love the 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 bit about your balance because you know if if you look at runners and, and you and you you know go frame by frame during the the running motion, like you said, like you're either one foot on the ground or no feet on the ground, like running you're never both feet touching the ground at the same time um, and so so it's so easy to overlook the role of balance, but you can't overlook the role of balance. And especially you get on, you know, unstable surfaces, you get on the trails, things like that. It's like even more uh, of an important thing to do. So uh, totally, totally on board with, with all of that. Um, When it comes to, since we're talking about balance right now, let's, let's just stick with balance for a second. Um, Is, is, are there things that, that we can do, should do beyond, beyond, what, what to me is the most obvious of like standing on one foot once in a while. I mean, and quite frankly, like that's a thing I've told, you know, some of the athletes I coach before of like, you know, at various times for various reasons, like, Hey, let's work on your balance a little bit, like stand on one foot while you're brushing your teeth. And, and, you know, after 30 seconds, 40 seconds, switch stand on the other foot while you're brushing your teeth, um, whatever. I mean, is, is that, is it, is, is it that simple? Are there other better ways to go about improving balance and coordination, proprioception, some, some things that um, we definitely as runners can benefit from?
0: Yeah. So it certainly can be that simple, right? Something that I love to, to chat with about patients or chat with patients about is if you want to work on your balance and your strength at the same time, and you have an electric toothbrush, like mine that beeps at you every 30 seconds, go ahead and do some standing, you know, glute med swings, right? So really just trying to tighten up the butt muscles and, you know, put your leg out behind you a little bit on one foot, you're going to get balance and you're going to get a little bit of strength You know, built in. And then every 30 seconds, you just switch sides until you reach the two-minute timer on your toothbrush, Mm -hmm. right? It's a super simple way to add in a little bit of coordination. Also, we know as we age, balance becomes largely visual, Mm -hmm. right? We have three systems that control our balance, our vision system or how we see, our vestibular system or inner ear Mm -hmm. and where we are, where we know we are in space. And then our proprioception or our contact with the ground. So our foot's ability to feel the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Those three systems work together. As we age, our vision system becomes really dominant. And so if we don't do things like eyes closed balance, right? Or moving balance, like a, an airplane, for example, mm-hmm. a single leg airplane or a single leg, you know, Romanian deadlift, things like that, where you're now challenging where you are in space and coordination, then you're really doing yourself a disservice, especially as we age, because we want to keep those other systems working really well, right? And a lot of things that I love to do because of my neural background is I slow everything down. I make you really own like a really slow step up,
2: Mm. okay?
0: So you can't bounce off the bottom leg. You've got to just pull with that top leg so it requires strength. And then you want to get like six or nine, or sometimes I'll do 12 inches off the ground, really making people step up and Mm -hmm. through and slowly coming into that next step of the runner cycle, which would be, you know, the hip and the knee are flexed Mm -hmm. on the swing leg with arm movements and everything, good posture, you know, we want good running form there. And then having to slowly control that foot back down to the ground until that toe is touching, right? Right. And so those slow box step ups, you can do them straight, you can do them off to the side, then it really forces you to own every single bit of coordination in that moment. Mm. And then you can speed it up, right? Once, and you'd be surprised how many people are amazing runners or amazing athletes. And when you slow them down and you force their body to really own the movement and the control, it's very difficult to do.
1: Oh, I wouldn't be surprised because I would be one of them. <laughs> not that I'm not that I'm a great runner. I I don't mean to say that, but I'm just sitting here hearing you say that, going, Oh, you're so mean. But but at the yep, same time, yep. <laughs> what a what a great way to not only improve balance and stability and strength, quite frankly, at the same time, um, but also to to maybe show that like oh maybe maybe I'm not as rock solid as I think I am in in terms of balance or in terms of stability. When like I can stand here while I'm brushing my teeth and extend my leg out a little bit behind me and like that's no factor. But yeah, try to do a a a deadlift or a, a step up or whatever, nice and slow and controlled. Um, Ooh, that's I know I would struggle. I 100 would not would not do well. And so now I'm going, well damn. Now I, now I got to step up my my uh, kind of strength <laughs> training balance uh, game here and and really slow down and do some single leg stuff. Um, but yeah, great, great advice. And, and certainly a good challenge to anybody who's, who thinks, oh, my balance is good. Yeah. Try it with your eyes closed, try it slow and, and steady and controlled. And also it just not to belabor the point, but to, to point out, um, we're all getting older. We're all going to get old. Hopefully we're all going to get older. Cause otherwise the, the alternative is not so great. Um, and you know, working on your balance now, working on your strength now, working on all health matters of things now. It's only, it only gets harder the older you get. So, you know, if you can do this stuff, like you talked about, as you get older, balance becomes so much more visual of a, of a thing. Um, If we can continue to improve balance and other, you know, especially through, through touch with the, with the floor, with your foot on the ground, um, it's only going to make you healthier, able to be upright, things like that as we get older, which, you know, not for nothing, if you're trying to keep running, kind of important too. So just didn't want to let that one gloss by because I think it's, it's easy to think about, oh, that'll be 30 years from now problem like no 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 like again kind of back to the beginning part of the conversation address the problem or put a bandaid on it like here's a way to hopefully prevent the problem to begin with like just doing some balance work now and it'll pay off it'll continue to pay off for you know hopefully a, a long long time
0: yeah it's so true and you know i know that we're all home right now or at least we here in the northeast are still generally at mm-hmm. home most of the time but, you know, if you want to practice this, using the steps to enter your house
2: mm-hmm. or
0: a curb are a great way to do this. Safely with the curb. Please don't step into the street. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I should probably prep Look, look both ways saying, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Find a curb in an isolated area <laughs> or mm-hmm. use the step in front of your house. But, you know, you can even do these things on the ground. You don't necessarily need right. to step up. Right. For some people, it's enough to start on the ground. And then just take that step. Can you hold your balance in a good top running position? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I love to challenge in that way. And it's also important to make it real for the, for runners, right? right? If you're a runner, you want everything that you're doing to relate back to running, you know, and if it doesn't make sense to you, how this is going to help you be a better runner, what's the motivation for doing that? Mm-hmm. There's not much. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're going to see a practitioner, that practitioner should look at your goals and re- be able to relate everything that you're doing back to your goal. Right.
1: No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, along those lines. And before we run out of time, let's talk, let's talk strength training for a minute. Another thing that I've talked about more than a, more than a few times. Um, and I believe your, your note to me, uh, you know, cause I, for those that don't know, kind of ask what, anything you run, talk about things like that when we're, when we're lining these things up and you're like, yeah, strength training for runners and how you need to, how you should, how we need to, maybe, I don't know if you said need to or not, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. How we need to lift heavy. Um, certainly something that some runners embrace, some runners struggle with a little bit. Um, again, let start it, start it simple. Why, why is lifting heavy, doing heavy resistance training, uh, important for us as runners?
0: So, Think of it this way. If you want to get better and stronger at something, you've got to have hypertrophy of the musculature. And lifting light weights will not get you much hypertrophy of musculature. All right? It just doesn't work that way. Now, if you've never lifted in your whole life, starting out with body weight, starting out with light weights you know, five or eight pounds or two or three pounds, whatever light means to you is a good thing. Get your body used to the movements. Have someone check and make sure that your movements are fundamentally sound right? If you're doing a bad squat and that squat is really hurting your knees for some reason, it's time to maybe get a personal trainer or a physical therapist to look at your movement to see how we can make that more advantageous for you, right? Because nothing should be painful when you're doing it. There are some exceptions to this. It depends on what the person is going through. But generally, lifting shouldn't be painful. Hard, yes. Difficult, absolutely. Really gas in your tank, 100%, but it shouldn't be really painful for you to do. I would start slow, build up. Number one is lifting heavy will not make you bulky. Mm -hmm. If you're an endurance runner, I know that there is a lot of lean muscle that's built. And again, it comes back to that tank, right? The stronger you are, everything becomes easier relatively. So the more muscle mass that you have, the more availability that you have to use that muscle mass for strength purposes, whether it be quick or endurance, Mm -hmm. right? And lifting heavy means that you're gasped, like you're physically fatigued to the form and you can't do another repetition after five to six reps, right? So it's a good amount of weight that you're going to need for that eventually Mm -hmm. build up to that. But this is not, you know, reps of. 10 to 15, this is enough that five to six repetitions is form failure, right? So you couldn't do another one and have good form. That's kind of what we mean when we say lifting heavy. And that might take you a little while to build up to, you know, you want to be squatting, you want to be deadlifting. I cannot understate the importance of doing calf raises, Mm -hmm. both gastroc calf raises with your knees straight and soleus calf raises with your knees bent, Mm -hmm. right? And you want to be able to barefoot or in a sock, do 30 full heel raises. So all the way onto the ball of your foot, 30 at 30 beats per minute. And if you can't, you need to work on that strength, Mm -hmm. right? So 30 beats per minute really means that you cannot bounce off the ground Mm -hmm. because you've got to have that slow, steady. There's no recoil bounce to that. Mm -hmm. And you want to make sure that you're strong enough that your foot is really getting up high enough. Because what is running? It's a bunch of calf work, really.
2: Right, right,
0: right. So, we want the calves to be super strong, both in the gastrocnemius and the soleus, which together combined makes the Achilles tendon. Mm-hmm. And where do runners get a lot of injuries? It's a lot of Achilles tendinopathy, right? And so, looking at those kinds of injuries, how can we, how can we mitigate them? Because you might not not get injured, right? Injuries happen, mm-hmm. but can we take that? full Achilles rupture and make it an Achilles tendonitis that lasts for a week. Right. You know, like, can we mitigate down the symptomologies instead of having to not run your marathon? Can we just, you know, have you do rehab for a couple of weeks or, you know, six or eight weeks, Mm -hmm. and then you're still training. It just might be a little bit less, but you're still able to accomplish your goal. Right. And so strength training gives you the reserve power to be able to do all of those things.
1: Yeah, that's that's great, great, you know, points of course, and and um, kind of a, I guess a question that that's less for me, like a question that I get, and I feel like I have some answers, but I'd love to get your take on it. You're talking about lifting heavy, and 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 I agree that it's. Here's me being hypocritical, right? I agree that that's important. Yet, how often do I lift heavy? Not not as much as I should. Certainly not as much as I should. Um, for for the runner that doesn't have a gym membership because they like to run um and and the idea, and we can we can ar- not that we're going to argue but you could you can make the argument like you know it's worth the uh, 20 dollars a month or 30 dollars a month to go a couple times a week or once a week even to go lift heavy um but if somebody's not going to do that how can like how much equipment do you need? Are there, how, how can we make some modifications? I know that this is maybe a a lot more of a loaded topic than what we have time for, but can can at least start scratching the surface on ways to lift heavy without going to the gym and, or creating this huge, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gym equipment at your house? Like, like what are some things that that we can do to still get the benefits of lifting heavy with, with body weight and, or, um, you know, a, a handful of dumbbells that aren't, you know, super super heavy but they're they're better than better than nothing maybe is that is that an accurate way to of, of asking the question
0: yeah no that's totally accurate and the answer is get creative mm. right i run into this my practice is mobile so i go to my patient's home mm. i work with a lot of olympic lifters and i work with a lot of triathletes and i work with a lot of you know just regular athletes or just adults who are like to exercise right I have to be super creative. I don't travel with a barbell or a ton of mm. plates. I travel with a nine pound kettlebell and a 23 pound kettlebell. And that's about it. If you're going to buy a piece of strength training equipment, I cannot recommend the kettlebell enough. Mm. It is the most versatile piece of equipment that you could possibly own. And you can use it for approximately 1 million things.
2: <laughs> approximately plus or minus a couple.
0: Approximately <laughs> plus or minus. <laughs> and you have so many, um, weight options Mm -hmm. right so i usually tell people grab a nine pound and grab a 35 pound those are going to be good starting weights for kettlebells prices right now for weights because of covid are 2.5 dollars per pound which is insanely Mm -hmm. expensive okay so what everyone's doing now and what we've gotten really creative about is take a shopping bag take a backpack fill it with books fill it with rocks Mm -hmm. you know buy a weight vest and get some like flat plates and put them in there, wear that, hold that, right? Mm-hmm. You can easily get a shopping bag and fill it with some books and use it for a weight with deadlifting. Just shorten oh. the handles up, right? Right. This doesn't need to be complicated and it doesn't need to be expensive. Just get a little creative. You can get a PVC pipe, and fill it with water and seal the ends, and you have a slosh pipe, and you've just built that for like $25 mm-hmm. or less.
1: Right, probably less, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that slosh pipe can be really great for things like balance and neuromuscular endurance, right? Just do some marches in your driveway holding a slosh pipe. Don't fill it with more than a gallon of water, folks, because it gets really, really <laughs> heavy really fast. Right. Half gallon is what I would start with, all right? right, <laughs> we're the wise. Mm-hmm and just stand there for five minutes doing marches, you're going to be completely gassed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so these things don't need to be expensive and they don't need to be hard. They just take a little bit of ingenuity. I have people fill backpacks all the time with books, you put it on your back. You've got a back squat. You put it out in front of you. You've got a, a front squat, mm-hmm. right? If you just turn it around and wear it on the front, it, you might run into a, some hip crease stuff when you get all the way into the bottom of right. the squat. Cause we can, talk also about full depth squats versus partial depth squats, but you know, be creative about how you're doing this stuff at home. You know, it doesn't need to be super complicated. And at first it probably doesn't even need to be that heavy. Right. And then once you, you know, have been addicted to the lifting bug, because it's a real thing as well as your running bug. <laughs> right. <I'm just> saying, <laughs> um, then you can think about do I want to go to a gym? You know, do I want to invest in a little bit more equipment at home? But investing in a backpack and some books that you probably already have lying around the house. That's a great starting point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And, and, um, you know, the creativity is is the key, you know, and and even just as, as simple and, and I guess it's simple, but like, and we kind of mentioned this a couple different places, but like go single leg instead of double leg. And there all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you you just made it harder for your body. Plus you're working your balance, which we have already kind of said, probably wouldn't, wouldn't be a, a bad thing to work on as well. So, I mean, don't overthink it. Um, YouTube can be a great, adv- great uh, resource too for ideas, uh, or just the, wet, the internet in general. Um, but yeah, be creative. Uh, you can, you can figure, it, figure it out more than likely uh, if you just have a little bit of creativity going with you.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I'd mention is if you want to make something harder, make it slow.
1: Mm, yep, Whatever exactly. you're doing,
0: and I tell my patients do this at a glacial pace, mm-hmm. like painfully slowly. And I'll slow my voice down and get really exaggerated mm-hmm. about it because. If you can own it slow, you can own it fast.
1: Yep. Yep. And if you think you're not going to be sore after you do it slowly, uh give it give it a day or two and you'll be yeah. you'll be shocked at how much more sore you are from doing some slow, nice slow, steady, controlled reps versus just banging them out like a like a champ.
0: Yes, and that goes for heel raises mm. times a thousand. Times I see people thousand. who can do heel raises all day and then I make them do them properly and slowly and they can get ten.
1: Yes. Yes. Ben, Ben, that was, that was a, a part of some, some athletic training class one day talking about eccentric loads and things like that. And just, mm-hmm. Oh Lord, don't ugh. anyway, the, get, get out of that topic before the, uh, the bad memories come back and, and wrap it up <laughs> today. Uh, I, I, as, as I knew before we even got started, I could keep going on this for, for a while, but I know you've, you've got things to do and, and people, uh, heads are already spinning, but. Last question kind of I, I always close with the philosophical question. this was a little bit less uh runner specific well I, I, it's not the typical philosophical question i guess is is the answer or is is what I'm going for here but um and 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 maybe it's a terrible question because i'm going to ask like what's the most you know Important strength training exercise that runners can do, and there's i don 't know that there is a most important there 's a bunch of good, very good ones, very beneficial ones, but for somebody who 's never really gotten into to strength training they finally heard something that you said because i 've said all these things before, but they heard something that you said Martha that like clicked and they 're like yes i all right she she got me i 'm going to start doing this um, one or two exercises what are, what are the the, the most low hanging most beneficial strength training exercises probably sounds like calf raises might be one of them, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, where should somebody start in terms of of strength training as a runner?
0: The two places I start is in the quads and the hamstrings and the calves. Mm -hmm. Foot strength is super important too. So I, I can't not add that in there. So if you can't wiggle your toes, if you can't create a good foot arch, if you can't raise your big toe while keeping your little toes down and vice versa, if you can't do toe splay, you know, if your foot gets super crampy mm-hmm. when you run, I cannot understa- understate the importance of doing toe yoga, doing, you know, all sorts of strengthening for the feet themselves because you're on them all the time. Right. Second to that is calf playing into a lot of the same things. And then third to that is hamstring strength, right? Quad strength is super important, but most people already know how to work their quads. The hamstrings during running work really hard eccentrically Mm -hmm. or coming from that shortened position and having to control into a lengthened position. And that can be really tough on runners, especially endurance runners. You'll see a lot of hamstring strains um, in runners. And that's why. So if you can get control and hamstring sliders are one of my favorite drills for this. Um, if you can get really great hamstring strength, right. Both in a slider, in a rebounder, you know, all sorts of drills to just really make that hamstring super resilient. Those are the three places that I typically start. I mean, besides looking at control and coordination and all that. Right.
1: Gotcha. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. And, And yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna repeat it all because it all is is makes total sense to to me to 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 you Martha. Hopefully it's, it's the light bulbs are going on for some folks as well. So thank you for for sharing all that stuff and um just just do it. I mean that's that's the name of the game. Guys, if you want to connect with Martha, kind of see see some stuff, maybe ask a couple of questions or or uh you know just follow along, get some of her, her information, resources, things like that. Uh, q4pt.com is the website. Again, Facebook and Instagram at Q4 Physical Therapy disruns.com slash 924 disruns.com slash 924 is the link for the show notes today uh, as per usual everything will be linked up there and you will be all set to uh, to reach out connect and all that kind of good stuff as well so Martha thank you for, uh, for making the time today I, I absolutely appreciate it uh, definitely, I learned I learned some things, certainly some shortcomings of, of what I'm doing and things that I can do to improve upon. Uh, hopefully, folks listening did as well. Uh, but thank you for the time and uh, the expertise and the knowledge. And I certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward.
0: Thanks, Denny. I'll look for your Instagram post on slow step ups and see how they're going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh holding Lord. you accountable.
0: <laughs> calling me out. Calling
1: me out. I love it. I love it.
0: This is me accountability queuing.
1: <laughs> All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Martha and myself and uh, as per usual would be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway from our conversation today uh, as you would probably correctly assume, I got lots of things. I'm gonna try to pick just one, but I got lots of things from this episode so many good bits, so many great tips. Uh, as far as the strength training, the balance, I mean, so many things there that I could focus on, but I'm going to focus back to something that we've talked about kind of early-ish uh, related to, to some of her back injuries and just kind of her philosophy in general. and something I've talked about before, and I even mentioned it in the episode, right? But it was the idea of addressing a problem at the source of the problem versus treating the symptoms and and not worrying about the problem coming back, and this has always been a frustration of mine within, you know, folks I run with within sometimes within myself, although I like to think that I, I do take care of the, the problem to begin with, or at least try to take care of the root of the problem. But, you know, just, just uh, maybe I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit here. Surprise, surprise. It's not like that. Not like that never happens. Right. Um, but, but you know, th- the short term fixes, the, the braces, the straps, the KT tapes, you know, whatever the inserts, the, this, the, that, the, whatever it might be, there's a time and a place for those. And for a select few, potentially relying on those long-term might be the right option. But that's the very select few. For most of us, I think it would be wise to, I just think it makes sense to fix the problem, right? If you need to use a strap or some tape or a brace or inserts or whatever to help you continue to train, to continue to, to work intelligently while also fixing the problem, cool. I have no problem with that. But, but, I just can't encourage you enough to not make those your long time crutch uh, to work to find the solution. sometimes the solution to to various injuries and maladies and things like that it's pretty simple, right? Like like I mean, you know some some things it's pretty easy to figure out. some things I'll admit they're they're a head scratcher they're they're difficult to to address. They're difficult to sometimes to to unpack enough to figure out that you know just because. Your, your foot is hurting, for an example. Uh, maybe there's an issue in your opposite hip, you know? I mean, like, stranger things have happened than something like that. And in those cases, it's pretty tough to, to maybe self-diagnose unless you've got a physical therapy background, unless you've got an athletic training background. And I'll even be honest, that sometimes with my athletic training background, when I'm trying to self-diagnose, it can be difficult, all right? So I'm not saying that it's easy, but I'm saying that in all, almost every case, every recurrent running injury type of situation, any long-term chronic things that you might have going on, there's a solution out there. May not be easy to find, may take some some trial and effort, may have to consult with PTs or ATCs or doctors or chiropractors, I guess chiropractors are doctors as well. But you, know, you may have to consult with somebody, may have to pay a little bit of money to, to do that consultation. But in my opinion, in the long run, it's worth it. And I, I feel like if I can put words in Martha's mouth that she would say the same thing. I mean, with her, her back issue, she finally got to the root of the cause. And I wanted to get into that, but we just we didn't have time to dive into all, all of exactly. And probably it was only going to be really interesting to me as far as what her actual injury was, what the, what the weakness, deficiency, whatever was, how it was fixed, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, by being able to, to get to the root of the cause, root of the problem, solve it, I mean, good to go good to go. Not living with that constant back pain anymore. Uh, which is why, which is where this whole takeaway came from. Right. And so, so for us as runners, I mean, just figuring out whether it's through strength training, balance training, um, recovery tactics, whatever it might be, form changes. There's, there's a whole host of things that are possible long-term solutions, possible ways to actually solve the problem instead of just put a bandaid on it. And Again, without I, I would say without getting too preachy, but I think that ship has already sailed. Um, but but if you've got issues that you're struggling with, niggles that are recurring, I just can't recommend enough or can't encourage you enough to 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 take the steps to try to ultimately resolve the the issue completely, and then be able to to get back to training, get back to living without this constant thing going on, um, because just feeling better help you train better, probably help you make more progress in your training. I mean, there's so many benefits to it. So that's stepping off my soapbox now. Thank you for, for bearing with me. Um, but treat the problem. Don't just treat the, the symptoms. Yes, you might have to treat the symptoms as well, but man, if we can solve the problem instead of just managing symptoms, it, it, it's, it's a lot better long-term, a lot better long-term. So that's my soapbox rant slash takeaway for today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode as per usual, we'd love to hear it. I'm at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And, of course, you can head over to the show notes for today's episode or any episode and leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways down there in the comment section, which you can always find at the bottom of, the, of each individual post. And it's it's The link is, in case you haven't figured it out yet, although I'm sure you have because it's not complicated, um, the link is always Dizruns.com slash... The number of the the show, the episode number. And today that's 924. So disruns.com slash 924. Take you back to the show notes for today. Uh, Links, photos, the whole nine, but also that comment section. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. uh, And, you know, I I look forward to hearing it, I guess, is, is where I'm going with that. Uh, also, look forward to representing and mentioning Head Sweats one more time. If you're ready to step up your hat game, your head cover game, if you need, need a visor to help keep the sun out of your eyes this spring, or a hat, or if it's, still, if it's still cold where you are, you need something to keep your ears warm, they got you covered on all fronts, and uh, we got a, a sweet discount code for you, and we got an affiliate link. We got all the things. Dizruns.com slash Head Sweats is the link. Dizruns40 at checkout saves you 40% on whatever's in your cart, and if you can piggyback all that together on a free shipping day, I mean when it comes to buying a hat it doesn't get a whole lot better than that but i'll just i'll just say that right 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 now uh, that's that's the way to do it if you ask me and uh, you got that little inside tip you're welcome but uh using the links are helpful using the code is helpful um and supporting a good a good company i mean nothing wrong with that either so uh disruns.com slash head sweats disruns 40 at checkout and with that we'll go ahead and wrap this one up shall we uh thank you for listening hope this was useful hope you learned something because uh, today was definitely a learn something and hopefully be entertained episode, as opposed to just great stories and, and hearing from other runners in the I mean, today was there was some stuff in it. Use it, implement it, put it into practice. Get yourself stronger. Get yourself more stable. Make yourself a better runner. And uh, if you if you got anything like that, feel free to share it. Spread the word. Tell others about the show. Tell your tell your friends that are re- still resistant to strength training about this episode. Point it to them. Download it for them. Subscribe them to it. All those things. Are helpful to me, but also helpful to those that uh, you care about. Your friends, your family, your fellow runners. Uh, and with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, y'all, thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking us with you today, wherever it was we went. And uh, until next time, y'all, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? See you guys.